Life Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we have on our very special guest, Gabrielle Grinnell. I knew Gabby back at Michigan State University. She was um, someone I discipled when I worked for a Christian ministry organization, and we were in several Bible studies together with the Greek ministries. She's amazing. We talk a lot about how she's lived in New York City, Arizona, and now Michigan. We talk a lot about how faith sometimes can be checking off boxes when really it should be staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And she talks about how she's uncovered that and discovered that in her life. So after a few words from our sponsors, please enjoy this story by Gabby. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Awesome. So let's get started. Um, I obviously know a little bit about your story, but maybe there's more to share now too. But I would love to hear just how you came to know God. Like, what did that look like for you in your life? So I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in the Assembly of God church, uh, but really more non-denominational. But yeah, So I grew up going to church every single week. I was dedicated as an infant. Um, My parents at a very young age instilled in me like what it means to actually have a relationship with Jesus. And they really led by example. So I really was set up for my faith in like the absolute best way. And I'm so thankful for my parents for that, just because I have, and I still have a great example of what it means to be an adult and to be a Christ follower. And so, yeah, pretty much at five years old, my mom always tells the story about when they do that altar call, I raised my hand every single, uh, Sunday, I was ready to jump up and walked right to the front. Didn't even ask them. And, uh, that half that went on for about two months, every single time (laughs) the hand went up. I just wanted to make sure I was really, I was really committed to this. Uh, and I just knew the love of Jesus at a very young age. Um, and it kind of shaped everything from there. And so as I grew, I grew up in the church, I got baptized, um, in about fifth grade and, that was awesome and was just kind of a church kid growing up. And, um, so through high school, I was going to youth group and kind of doing everything that you were expected to do as a church kid. Um, I'm a rule follower by nature. Um, it's 
just who I am, who God has created me to be. And so I never really questioned. Um, I wasn't rebellious. I didn't, it just wasn't who I was. And so I really, uh, as I was a young Christian really relied on that. Um, like I'm a Christian, that's what I do. And I checked a lot of boxes and I think I did have a true relationship with the Lord, but as I've grown up, I've realized how important it is to be sensitive to his spirit. And like the rules are great and the rules are awesome, but there is grace when you mess up because you eventually do. And that's kind of where it started. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I don't know if a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of us kind of learn that in time that it isn't all about the rules. And I don't know what it is that makes us think that. I don't know if it's like growing up in it or if it's just kind of a natural human tendency to feel that way, that like it's all about checking off the boxes, like you said. But it is a really cool point in your walk when you get to that point of realizing like, okay, I cannot do this. And only in Christ am I able to be redeemed from all of this. Absolutely. Um, another big part of that story, that uh, part of my story is like finding my identity and where my identity is and how my parents instilled at a pretty young age that like you can be found in Christ. Like you need, you have to be found in Christ. Like that's where freedom is. That's where joy is. That's where all the fruits of the spirit come from when you understand. And I think that's something, um, that I think our youth really, really, really need to get. I think when they get that, they can be set free from all this craziness. But when, when our youth, cause I'm, I'm a youth leader at our church, um, here in Grand Rapids, and it is like the most fun. I absolutely adore my girls. I have a group of 12th grade girls and I just pray that they completely understand their identity is in Christ. Because when you understand that that is your identity, all the crap that the world throws at you and that media throws at you and expectations and heartbreak, when you re- when, when you go through those situations that life throws at you and you realize your identity is in Christ, nothing else matters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Stuff is still going to be hard. Stuff still sucks. What you walk through might be really challenging, but when you realize that you are found in Christ, that is who you are. You're a child of God. It makes everything easier. You make it through with his strength. Right. Like realizing like the God of the entire universe is your father. Like Mm -hmm. how, how, that can change your life, you know, just knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I have a question for you. This is kind of a curveball, but what do you tell your girls? Like what, how do you get them to see their identity in Christ? Is there like, you know, certain material that you guys walk through or like just certain things you tell them? I think it's a a big part of leading by example and being really intentional with my girls and leading in a way that they're like, okay, practically, here's what I do. Practically, let's read our Bibles together. Practically, let's pray together throughout the week because Sundays and Wednesdays are great. They're awesome. They're important. But at the end of the day, it's not, it's not just that because then it gets into checking a box. 
Whereas if you're constantly reading your word, constantly reading your Bible and praying every single day. And just, so I guess what I do with them is we, we meet frequently outside of youth and we go over, here's how you read your Bible. Here's what you can do to get closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we use a method called SOAR. Um, and it's like a little acronym. So the S is scripture, meaning you pick a verse, any verse, and then, um, you do, O, which is observation and you read it. And you're like, I observed this. I see this. This is something that stuck out to me. This word stuck out to me. I don't know what this word is. Let's look it up. And then, um, A is application. And it's like, how does this verse apply to my life? And beyond that, what was like the historical context of this and how is it relevant to today? That's, I'm a big history person. So I add that in and I'm like, here's what was going on with the Jews in this part of the old Testament. And here's how it's similar to what's happening today Mm -hmm. um, and how we can apply it to our lives and then response. And some people put, call it prayer, but like praying that verse over our life. So if it's a promise or if it's a characteristic, we want to have, evident in our lives. We write those down or we pray, we say it out loud, um, and we journal it. So that's kind of practically what I have my girls do. And like, as you do that more and more and more, when you face those hard times, when you feel really alone, or when you, um, are walking through a season that isn't so fun, you can go back to like, Oh, I remember when I soared that verse, let me look up what it says. And it can just speak into your life in that moment. And the more you do it, it's a friendship. Like that's what it is. And the better, the more time you spend with your friends, the better, you know, them. So the more time you spend with your word and the Lord, the better, you know, him. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I like that um, acronym. And I like that you go back and look at the context too. That's something I'm really bad at. And I, um, I actually found this book. It's, it's called the life change series. And usually when I want to like you know, do more research into things that I go with a, um, a manual kind of like that, that like prompts me with the questions because then I don't have to think too hard to go back and find them. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like doing that too. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that leads me to my next question for you too. I'm just curious, have there been specific seasons of life or experiences that you've had that have helped shape or further your understanding of who God is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Everything was going super smoothly through college. I did like college in four years. I went, got a degree, went off. And like, um, after college, I moved to New York city to pursue theater. And I did that for five years. And then, uh, March of 2020 happened and the world shut down. And so I left on St. Patrick's day, I left the city and I came back to Grand Rapids when, and I moved in with my parents. Um, just, and when I did that, I was like, okay, I'm going to be back in Grand Rapids for a month and then I'll be back in the city and life will go on. Uh, a month passed and that didn't happen. And then a year later, it still hadn't happened. And I, the world as I knew it kind of was like, well, what do I do? Who am I without New York? What does that look like? Um, and it was a really, really tough season, uh, 
just because I had all had all these dreams and I was achieving those dreams. I booked a Broadway show. Like I was doing everything that I had worked for. I had dreamed of. I saw the Lord's provision over and over and over. When I lived in New York, my faith was strong. I had a great church. I had great community. Um, and then the summer of 2020 happened and just do the world. I lost pretty much all of my friends. I can pretty much count on one hand, the people that still talk to me from that era. And that was tough. Um, and I don't know how people go through things like that and, and seasons of life without the Lord. And I just continuously go back to like how grateful I am that he's consistent. He doesn't turn your back on his back on us ever. And I was, yeah, just really thankful, but still super confused and being like, well, what do I, what do I do with my life? Um, I, in that year when I was home, I was teaching into New York. So I was virtual, virtually teaching and just kind of like, what the heck do I do? Everything I've worked for feels like I can't go back to that. Nobody will hire me anymore because of my beliefs. Um, because I, I was very outspoken with where I stood and my convictions line up with the Bible and people didn't like that. Um, but I, I was like, well, <laughs> the Lord's pleased with me because I'm standing on his truth and nothing else matters. And I'm not willing to compromise those just to achieve something here on earth. And so I really started to get into the mindset and this was a process because it was not easy in the beginning because I felt like the Lord was giving me the desires of my heart, um, with all those dreams in New York city. And then all of a sudden it seemed like they were all taken away. And I was like, well, <laughs> what do I do? And so my prayers shifted um, and I really started to say, okay, Lord, you say, you promise that you're going to give me the desires of my heart, but right now it doesn't feel like the desires of my heart are what your will is for me. So my prayer shifted from give me the desires of my heart and shifted it to Lord, the desire, give make, change the desires of my heart to match what you have for my life. And months and months of like, trying to figure it out and moving to Arizona and that being a complete and total flop. Um, I rested in like, it's okay to have not the big name lights and not all of that. Uh, not New York city. It didn't, my dreams didn't have to be New York city. Like I could be totally and completely content in my hometown in Grand Rapids pouring into the youth of right now and using what I've been through to help them. And so he shifted the desires of my heart to match his. And it is something that I never even close to expected. Um, but it's better than I could have ever dreamed. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. And after a few words from our sponsors, we will be back to hear more. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I really, Love this because I did another podcast episode where we talked about this too, where sometimes what we think is just a quote unquote mediocre life, like not exciting, not big, not flashy in the world's eyes is actually in heavenly eyes, so flashy and so big and so incredible. And like you said, pouring into the youth, like 
that's incredible what you're doing. You are planting seeds that are going to grow into the biggest, tallest trees. And in the world's point of view, it may not look like that, but like that is really truly what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. And I would love to know for you too, like, is there a favorite, you know, piece of scripture or something that you're learning right now that God's really impressing on your heart that you can share with us? Yeah. Um, so super random and it's a part of the Bible that I think I've read, but never actually studied. Um, and it just hit me about a month ago. Yeah. Just a little over a month ago. And, um, it's Zephaniah three and it's kind of a crazy chapter. Um, but in summary of Zephaniah three, basically the whole chapter, it's all about the promises, um, that God makes to his people. Um, and there's a stark contrast of people that follow the Lord and people that don't and what he promises the people that don't follow him and the promises that he promises to the people that do. Um, and so there's some of my favorite promises, um, is that he uh, will humble his people and bless them. He will have mercy on his followers. He will live among us. He will delight in us. He will calm all our fears. He will rejoice over us. He will comfort those who mourn. He will save the weak. He will reunite. He will give glory to those in exile. He will restore us and he will restore our fortune. And then some things he promises to the people that don't follow him is he will deal justly with evil. He will purify all their speech. Uh, he will disperse our enemies. And he basically goes over and there's just such a stark contrast. And, and it says in the end, um, I, the Lord have spoken. And something I love the love about the Bible is that this is his actual word. This isn't stories. This is not, uh, oh, that was fun. Like, remember that Bible character? No, these were actual people. They were as real as George Washington was. We never questioned if George Washington was a real person. And the Bible is a history book. It's the most true history book. And if you look at all the other religions, there's reference to the Bible and it all stands up. And so, yeah, basically Zephaniah three, it's, it's, uh, 20 verses and it is so good. Um, and it, there, it's just filled with his promise and his goodness. And like, it shows that he a hundred percent has our back. Mm, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I actually, to be honest, needed to hear that verse today. So thank you. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, well, I really appreciate you sharing all that and um, yeah, just thanks for coming on the podcast and being willing to share your heart and all the things you learned. And I'm sure that people listening are going to be encouraged by you today. So thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we have on our very special guest, Gabrielle Grinnell. I knew Gabby back at Michigan State University. She was um, someone I discipled when I worked for a Christian ministry organization, and we were in several Bible studies together with the Greek ministries. She's amazing. We talk a lot about how she's lived in New York City, Arizona, and now Michigan. We talk a lot about how faith sometimes can be 
checking off boxes when really it should be staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And she talks about how she's uncovered that and discovered that in her life. So after a few words from our sponsors, please enjoy this story by Gabby. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.